Well, today we're starting our new series uh, titled I Am. And, uh, you know, everyone wants to belong. Everyone wants to have and know their identity. Everyone wants to matter. What if I told you you can find all of this in Jesus? And before we get into our study this morning, which I believe is going to be uh, encouraging, inspiring, I think it's going to be revealing, and I think, uh, I really hope and pray that it will be life-changing for you, I want to introduce you to somebody. Let me introduce you to somebody here. This is Mackenzie Mortar. She's from Shakopee, Minnesota. As a baby, Mackenzie Mortar was diagnosed with Soto Syndrome. It's a rare disorder that makes her different from other kids. A little bit about her illness, her dad said this, it causes a gigantism where kids grow at a faster pace. So Mackenzie is a lot taller than all her other classmates. Uh, Kids are friendly to her, but she doesn't have friends. No one calls and talks to her. I'll show up at her school and she will be playing alone. And she was about to turn 10, and so her mom sent out invitations to all her circles of friends and all the the people that she knew, inviting them to her 10-year-old birthday. She wanted, you know, kind of a 10 years is kind of a big deal. Well, um, as the date approached, uh, people started canceling one by one by one. By Wednesday, uh, she had nobody that was coming to her birthday, which was going to be on Saturday. Uh, Everybody that she had invited... Uh, turned her down, and so her mom posted it on Facebook, and this is what she got. We go to the next slide. Over 300 strangers showed up to wish her happy 10th birthday, and here are some images of of, uh, of what happened. We go, there we go. The next one. So she's here celebrating. Here's a, a number of people. That's her. And uh, if we can stop right there. And they all brought gifts. And not just that, the mayor of Shakopee, uh, uh, Brad Tapke, proclaimed Saturday Mackenzie Mortar Day in the city. Members of the Shakopee Fire Department stopped by, allowing the kids to tour their fire truck. A Sam's Club and Mr. Pig's stuffed barbecue and catering donated food beverages to serve the At least 300 attended. A player from the Minnesota Vikings showed up with his family. And even, if we can go to the next slide, even Queen Elsa showed up. And this is what Mackenzie said, I have a hard time making friends in school, but thanks to all of you, my voice was heard. And then Mackenzie told the crowd, I love you all. You know, this is an amazing story because you think about that, you think of, uh, of this poor girl is going to have her 10-year-old birthday. All the people she invited are not going to come. And you can even feel the desperation in her mom and thinking, gosh, you know, I really want my daughter not to, you know, be discouraged by this. And so she posts it in, in, in Facebook just to, you know, let people know what's going on. And 300 strangers show up. And they have this incredible party. And Queen Elsa shows up. And they bring all these gifts. It's just an incredible time. Food catered and everything. Just a great outpouring. But I'm just, you know, really taken by her words. She says, I have a hard time making friends at school, but thanks to all of you, my voice was heard. I love you all. My voice was heard. It's a very 10-year-old girl. 
mentions my voice was heard. She didn't say, I'm really encouraged they brought a lot of gifts for me. I'm really encouraged I had a big party. I'm really encouraged I really like my cake. I really encouraged that Queen Elsa was here. She said, you know, I'm, my voice was heard. You know, what is she saying? That she just wants to matter. Jesus' identity shows us that we matter. And he gives us our identity in him. And so we're going to start today our new series titled I Am, uh, which is going to be looking at the different statements that Jesus makes about himself in primarily the book of John. And if we look at the term I am, if we could go to the next slide, it actually comes from the Greek word uh, or phrase ego me. And this mentioned throughout the Gospels, but as I mentioned, more frequently seen in the book of John. And this is a very important statement because it had power in the first century. And we're going to go into that a little bit more as we talk about our lesson today. But especially to Jewish hearers, this statement had a lot of power. And maybe our translations to English or our translations to Spanish in the Bible totally capture this. But I think it's an important phrase that we all need to understand and we need to know. In the Synoptic Gospels, we see an example of this when Jesus comes to his disciples walking on water. You guys remember that story? There's a miracle. He's walking on water. He's coming to the disciples. And then he says to them, do not be afraid. It is I. The phrase that he mentions there is that phrase, ego aimi, which he mentions in I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. He mentions that same term when he comes up to them. He says, hey, it is I. But we see it translated there in the Bible as it is I. Another more clear example is in the Sermons of the Mount. When Jesus says, uh, you have heard that it was said this, but I say to you, and this same phrase is used. I am not telling you this. In other words, what the Old Testament Moses said, I, because of who I'm speaking, am telling you this now with authority. And he teaches them new teachings based on the law and the Old Testament that really the Jews had missed from the very beginning. So today we're going to see why this is so significant and what it means to us. But here's some of the statements we're going to be exploring in our series. If you go to the next slide. So we're going to be looking at these statements all from the book of John in our series going forward. So the next uh, Sunday that we have our series, which is going to be in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to start off with, I am the bread of life. And so we're going to be talking about that, what that means, what that means for us, what that meant for the hearers at that time, and how we should apply it to our lives. We're going to look at Jesus when he says, I am the light of the world. We're going to look at him when he said, the door or the gate of the sheep. We're going to look at when he says, I am the shepherd. Also, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And finally, I am the true vine. I find it very interesting that the one who mentions these statements is John. And one thing that we know about John, the apostle, one of the followers of Jesus, one of the twelve that he selected specifically, was he was the youngest of all of them. And he's the one that really wrote down all these statements. I'm the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I'm the door, the gate, the good shepherd, the resurrection, the life. And all these statements that we see in the book of John. And I think he wrote them down as a young person because he was inspired by that. You know, as young people, one of the challenges we have is looking for our identity. 
right? What, what am I going to do in life? What, what am I going to be? Who am I? How am I different? How am I special? How can I matter? And so to John, as really the youngest amongst those followers, these probably had very significant meaning to him. Because as a young person, he really wanted to matter. He really wanted to make a difference. That doesn't mean all the rest of us older people don't want it, that as well. But there's something in us when we're young that we're motivated and moved in that way, in that direction. Amen? And here are some of the other statements. And we're going to look at one specifically today. But some of the others that he mentions in the book of John, if we can go to the next slide. He says in John 8, verse 24, For you will die in your sins unless you believe I am. Again, there's this egg. Amy, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, talking there about His crucifixion, then you will know I am. Okay, ego aimi. And it says, I tell you this now so that when it takes place, you may believe I am. So there's some of the instances there in the book of John where he mentioned this. But we're going to look at one specific, John chapter 8. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to John chapter 8. If uh, you don't have one, you can look over the shoulder with somebody next to you, or you can look up at the screen here this morning. Amen? John chapter 8 really is one of the most important chapters in the Bible. And Jesus uh, is really giving testimony about himself. He's talking about who he is, what he means, and what his, you know, his being on earth really is, signifies for not just people there, but for all mankind. And we get to this point here because he's talking to these Jewish leaders. And we get to the point where he has a, a heated exchange. Have you ever had a heated exchange with somebody? Hopefully not, but maybe you have. Hopefully you didn't have a heated exchange with your spouse coming to church this morning. Right? But, you know, we see Jesus in a heated exchange. And we see, of course, Jesus being righteous, being holy, doing the right thing. But... Hey, th this is a real heated moment. There's a lot of conflict going on right here. And we see this here in chapter 8 and verse 48 through 49. So let's go ahead and begin reading. We go to the next slide. It says, the Jews answered him. So there's this whole conversation in chapter 8 about who he is. The Jews answered him, aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? So we've, got, we've gotten now down to name-calling. I mean, that's how heated the exchange is. Now these guys are name-calling, saying, Jesus, you're a Samaritan, and you are demon-possessed. Is that not true? And this is what Jesus says. I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my Father, you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Very truly I tell you, Whoever obeys my word will never see death. Next slide. At this they exclaimed, Now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father whom you claim as your God is the one who glorifies me. Next slide. Though you do not know Him, 
I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You're not yet 50 years old. Now, we do know that Jesus was around 32, right? So they're throwing a lot of years on him. They said to him, And you've seen Abraham? And look what he says. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, Before Abraham was born, I am. Ego Amy. At this, they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. So what is the significance of this interaction? It's already become heated. We see the name calling. You know, are you saying you're greater than Abraham? Abraham, the father of the faith. Abraham, the great patriarch. You're saying that you're before him more important than he is? But what caused them to want to stone him? You know, really wasn't necessarily a statement about Abraham. But it was a statement about himself. When he says, ego, aimi. When he says, I am. Before Abraham, I am. And this was of extreme significance to the Jewish here. Because as you know, our Bible, we have the Old and New Testament. But for the Jewish here, their Bible was the Old Testament. And especially the first five books. Right? Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, Numbers. Leviticus, especially those five books. And so when they heard Jesus say, I am, they had a profound significance to them. So let's go in the Bible to Exodus chapter 3 and verse 5, okay? Exodus chapter 3, verse 5 to verse 6. How many of you have seen the movie The Prince of Egypt? Okay, a good number of you. So some of you have seen the movie, have seen this scene that we're going to be looking at right here this morning in Exodus chapter 3. And this is a scene where... Uh, Exodus goes and he, fa- he, he uh, faces God or, or God appears to him in the burning bush. You guys remember that story? Still my favorite depiction of this is from the movie The Prince of Egypt. I don't think there's anyone any close. I, I didn't see the last movie, Exodus, uh, Gods and Kings. Did you guys see that one? Some of you, yeah, was that good? Was it okay? But I'm telling you, The Prince of Egypt, man, that was good. Especially that scene right there. This one right here where he says, you know, uh, he, he faces God in the, in the, uh, the burning bush. It's a powerful, powerful scene. It's pretty intense. So Exodus chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. So we have the scene here. We see uh, uh, Moses go up to the mountain. God appears to him in a burning bush. And he says the following here in verse 5 uh, and following. Next slide. It says, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And so right after this, he says, to, the, to him, you know, I've heard the Israelites suffering. I've seen, heard them suffer. And because of that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver them from the hands of the Egyptians. But Moses really doesn't get it yet. 
And he doesn't get it that, that God has just mentioned who he is, mentioned his name, mentioned his identity, the I am, the Alpha and Omega. And then he begins to make excuses. And we, some of us know the story. And then he asks his follow-up question. He needs more clarification. And we see this here now in verse 5. And he says, Moses said to God, God, uh, suppose I go to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. See, the Egyptians had oodles of gods with different and fanciful names. And so he's going to go now speaking on behalf of God, the Lord Almighty. He says, you know, when they ask me, who is sending me, what do I say? You see, you know, Moses missed it in the first time. And so God says, you know what, tell him, I am who I am. Just tell him I am sent you. Tell him that. This I am who I am, we go to the next slide. It's a phrase that's difficult to translate. It really has meaning in different tenses. The meaning is not only I am who I am, it also means I was who I was, and I will be who I will be. That's what that statement means. I am who I am, I was who I was, and I will be who I will be. It talks about the eternal nature of God. And a lot of us have seen this uh, translated into the word Yahweh. It's really taking that and literally transcribing it literally into these six letters, Yahweh. That in the 17th century was really uh, uh, mistranslated into the word Jehovah. So a lot of people not mention the word Jehovah, but really the word is Yahweh. And the word really is, is not really known how it's supposed to be pronounced. It's not known how it's supposed to be pronounced because... It was holy to the, to, the, to the Israelites. And so it was so holy and, and so above them that they didn't even want to pronounce the word. But it's this word, Yahweh. I am who I am. So let's go back now to Jesus in front of the temple. John chapter 8 and verse 58. We can go to the next passage. Oh, it's, there it is. It says, Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. You see, they weren't just upset that, okay, he's, he's talking smack about Abraham. Or he's saying he's greater than Abraham. Or he's saying he's more important than, you know, the patriarchs and all these people. Now they're upset because he is literally saying, I am. He's using that same phrase that God mentions in the Old Testament, I am. He's saying literally, I am God. And so that's where the Jews had it. They said, this is it. This is, this is way too much. And they picked up stones and they wanted to stone him. So what does this mean? If we can go to the next slide. See, prophets spoke for God. But Jesus speaks as God. 
The prophets spoke for God. They received a message from God and they said what God wanted them to say. And whether they were to be priests, judges, or prophets, they were representatives of God. But Jesus speaks as God. He is the I Am. He is the physical embodiment of God. And so for Jews in the first century, I know today we hear this and it kind of makes sense and we believe in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Trinity. But this was a radical idea. And it is a radical idea even for us to put our heads around it, right? But it was so powerful because then Jesus was saying, I am. Just like God said, I am who I am. You know, tell them when I sent you. If they ask you, tell them. Just tell them, I am sent you. That is who we're talking about when we're talking about Jesus. So we see what that means to them, what that meant to them. What, what does this mean for us? We go to the next slide. What does this mean for us? What should it mean for us? As we go into this study, as we look at this series, and it's going to be awesome to look into each one of those statements. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. It's going to be great. But the fact that he says, I am, ego, aimi, what should that mean for us today? For us here this morning? One of those things is that his words have authority. And let me ask you that question for you this morning. Do Jesus' words have authority in your life? Or have they become good suggestions? You know, we can live our life as Christians, come to church every Sunday, dress up, and do the Christian thing, but we can really take the Bible, take Jesus' words as just good suggestions. Hey, that's a great idea. That'd be awesome if we did that. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great if everyone in the church did that? We see, when you realize that Jesus is not just speaking for God, He's speaking as God. His words should have authority in our lives. And He spoke about so many things, didn't He? He spoke about loving your neighbor. You guys remember that one? That's a pretty big deal. Now, do you take that? Are you loving your neighbor? Are you pushing yourself to love your neighbor? You know, he taught about loving your enemies. Are you loving your enemies? You know, are you getting into political discussions where, you know, I support so-and-so, I support so-and-so. I can't believe so-and-so supports so-and-so. And, you know, and, and, and you start feeling even things about other groups of people. You know, Jesus' words were so radical, you got to love your enemy. You know, he says things like, forgive and you will be forgiven. You know, some of us, you know, hey, we're Christians, we come to church. But we have a grudge. We're like that movie Grudge. Have you, guys, you know, have you guys seen, you know, that movie The Grudge? I haven't either, but it looks scary to me. There's no way I'm seeing that one. And, I, you know, I like actually scary movies. My wife, she does not like, I like scary movies. But that one, I don't know what, you know. So, 
crazy looking, you know, with the black hair, and oh, that looks scary to me. But some of us, we, you know, might as well have one of those following us all over the place. We have a grudge. And we have, well, you know, you don't understand, and she did this, and he did that, and she said this, and she did that, and, you know, you don't understand, and da-da-da-da-da, and yeah, really? Do Jesus' words have authority in your life? I think that's a bigger question. You know, he talks about things like that. He talks about sin. He talks about immorality. He talks about impurity. We live in such an impure and adulterous world. I mean, it's, it's so sad even now with electronics and with our kids growing up and them having phones with them. It's, it's everything we need to do to make sure that they are not being exposed to terrible things in the palm of their hand. But, you know, some of us become so like, well, it's, you know, it's a big deal. You know, it's not a big deal. And we have no conviction about righteousness and purity and holiness before God. So what should it mean for us? It should mean that His Word should have authority. You know, if Jesus says it, we should say like, Amen, that's what I got to do. That's what I got to do. Amen. And you know what? All of us at some moment, at some point in our life, that's where we were, right? Victor and Howe, who just got baptized, they asked him, hey, what is your good confession? They said, Jesus is Lord. And everybody cheered. Woo-hoo-hoo! That is so awesome! Let me ask you, is Jesus still your Lord? I'm not talking to Victor and, and Howe. It's a week later. I'm hoping that, it, you know, that they're doing good. But, you know, for some of us, it maybe has some years under our belt. You know, what if they ask us our good confession? Will you still confess that? With excitement like you did when you were baptized. Yeah, Jesus is Lord! Yeah, you know, I think Jesus should be Lord. You know, His Word should have authority in our life. What else? His life has significance. Now, it's not saying that the prophets and the judges and the priests, their life was not significant. Of course, they had a great impact. But the fact that he's saying, I am, I am God in the flesh, then let me tell you something. You better pay attention to how he lived. Everyone else in the Bible was flawed. Everyone else had errors. And some of those were very uh, clearly exposed in the Scriptures, weren't they? And that's good for us because we see that and we say, Amen. You know, these were not perfect people. I'm not perfect. If they can do it, I can do it too. But Jesus was not like that. He was God in the flesh. And we better pay attention to how He lived. His life should have significance. It should have significance for you every day. You know, the Bible does say that. If anyone comes after me, who will deny his father and mother, his wife and children. Yes, even his own life. We deny himself, carry his cross daily and follow me. Be fishers of men. See, if his life has significance for you, then your life is going to have significance. If his life does not have significance for you, let me tell you something. Your life is void of meaning. If we really look at Jesus' life, then our lives are going to mean something. Amen? And what's the last thing we should learn for us today? His identity gives us 
meaning. You know, Mackenzie Mortar, who in her birthday party says, you know what? I feel like someone finally heard my voice. Like someone paid attention to me. I feel like finally, like I matter. You know what Jesus, being the I am, means for all of us? It means that you matter. Every day you think about Jesus, you know what that says? That you matter. That you are important to God. That you matter so much that he sent his son to die on a cross. It wasn't just a birthday of 300 people that was announced on Facebook. It wasn't just Sam's Club and Piggly Wiggly Barbecue providing snacks. We're talking about moving the heavens and the earth and changing history and coming down to this earth and breaking through and humbling yourself to become a human being. And Jesus, the I am, walking on this earth, says to you, I matter. I'm important. I am somebody. You know what I would tell you? We got to stop looking for identity in other places. We got to stop trying to prove who we are. Stop trying to compare ourselves. Stop trying to figure out, you know, well, how do I compare to somebody else? And am I in the cool group? Am I not in the cool group? Maybe you're at school and you're like, oh, well, the cool group doesn't talk to me. And, you know, or at work and, you know, I'm kind of on the outs. I'm not important. Or you just want to fit in. And, well, all, the, all my buddies are going out drinking. Why can't I go out drinking with them too? And you got to stop trying to fit in. And just know that because Jesus is I am, that you're life matters. Amen? So it's going to be exciting as we go forward. As we uh, go into the series, I Am. As we look at all these statements that Jesus makes about himself. But you know, it, it has to have meaning for you. And I pray that the fact that Jesus is the great I Am will create profound impact in your lives. Amen? May God bless you greatly. Amen.